because they have kept the show going for a couple months. And we've got Catherine taking photos for us tonight. Hello, Catherine. We had to be away for a couple months because we had to make a television show about our lives. (laughs) And I will tell you guys, we hate each other more than ever. So much. (laughs) Like, really hate you and it feels so good. (laughs) I love you so much. You're the coolest person. Uh-huh. I like your hat. I Thank like you. your hair. Yeah. I like your eyes. I like the your hair eyebrows. under the hat. Yeah. I like your jacket. I like your shirt. I uh-huh. like your personality. I like your brains. But the sound of your voice. Yeah. What now? Is awful. It's uh-huh. <laughs> can't stand it. I when we were coming to the valet to get him to take our car. Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> which is the easiest way to say that? Of course. Yeah. That's a typical way of phrasing that. When we were coming to the valet for him to take our car. Yeah. When you were coming to the valet to have him take our car, you said, hello, my friend, to the valet. I had to get out of the car in disgust. She hates it so much. Just the way that you say my friend... Well, <laughs> it's so for the podcast listeners, she's actively gagging. It's so gag-inducing, grating, just a grating sound, uh-huh. like cheese. <laughs> no, cheese is delicious. Uh-huh. And it's tough to feel this way because obviously, you know, as women, we you you can't. This a is lot we, of people hate us. We can't. So. Everybody hates the sound of my voice. Everybody hates the sound of both of our voices. Everybody hates the sound of all of our voices. And it's like one more hates you. I know. Fuck. Right? I hate that I you thought wasn't going to hate you. I know. So stupid. I thought finally somebody doesn't hate me. Nope. No, they do. I know. No, I don't hate you. Oh well, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Do you guys hear that? The way that she says that is so like infantilizing (laughs) of the other person. What? It's like it's like you're this kind of big boss, and this other person is just is like a baby, your... like a boss baby, coming to theaters this May or whenever the fuck that movie was. Boss baby. Yeah, boss baby coming to theaters last. Coming to the valet May. Yeah. To bring his car to them. That's right. <laughs> when you are coming to the valet to get him to take your car from you and drive and it, it turns out to be a boss baby, and you're like, how do you drive this car? And then he's like, I thought this would be funnier. And that's Alec Baldwin speaking in character as the boss baby. The boss baby. 
but addressing the fact that we can no longer see movies with him in it because he reminds us of the president. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You forgot something. President. Yes, great point. Uh, today, Kamala Harris was a really cool person today. Uh-huh. She was saying to Jeff Sessions, you better tell us! <laughs> and he was yeah. saying, and he was saying, uh, someone just said hello, my friend. I like it. I like it. Hello, my friend. The reason I say it is because You're Adam Conover says right it on season Adam three. Ruins What'd you say? It. Huh? The reason I say it is because Adam Conover says it on Adam Ruins Everything, uh-huh. and I think it's one of the funniest things ever. I know. I like Adam. I like that you're on that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's my fake brother. I. Hello, my brother. <laughs> it's such an annoying I know. thing that you're doing. I know. I'm an only child I never got to tease. I've waited my entire life to drive someone insane. Rhea, <laughs> I found you at an open mic in Chicago. Working out material, not even getting drink tickets yet. And I said, this kid has what it takes. And I signed you on the spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You plucked me out of the cardboard box that said free. (laughs) Oh, dropped her notebook. Hang on. (laughs) How do you know about the free box? <laughs> you think this is your concept? No, but during college you lived at home and I only know the free box from college. <laughs> I think you answered your own question. During college I lived at home. I lived in a free box. <laughs> That's a funny joke. Yeah. Rhea. Cameron. What are the other things I wrote down to talk about? <clears throat> Calves. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do it. Sorry, Rhea. They won last year. I'm not that sad. Yep, they did. They also, like, cried and stuff when they won. The Warriors were just like, whatever. So. <laughs> you don't care at all, huh? No. It's rolling off your back. Yeah. No problem here. Not at all. <laughs> Are you wearing... What do your socks look like? <laughs> It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal at all. I didn't even know she was wearing those. I just assumed she was wearing calf socks. (laughs) Cleveland didn't win for 52 years. I'm still stoked about last year. Yes. Doesn't matter. You're wearing these socks for last year's. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's actually, that's great. Check in with me in like 50 years. I'll be like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. I'll have calves dentures and stuff. So you're like stuck on the old thing and you don't care about the new thing. I ain't stuck on nothing. (laughs) <laughs> I'm still stoked I just wanted to make sure this wasn't like a Ghostbusters type of a situation where it's like there can be a new one and the other one can still be getting stuff what? you lost me cause there's all those different kinds of Ghostbusters and some are boys and some are girls and this relates to the Cleveland Cavaliers <laughs> cause they are the old Ghostbusters no 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 <laughs> Are you saying they're the new Ghostbusters? Indeed they are. And you're saying that the Warriors are the old Ghostbusters? Yes, they are. Or are they, they won in the ghosts? Oh. So, 
well, I don't know anything about 2015. Because <laughs> we weren't watching basketball yet then. It's very frustrating because I was a big jock in my youth, but then I stopped caring about sports because I find men at sports games to be a problem. <laughs> it is one of the bigger problems of the game. Uh-huh. <laughs> the male, I wish, the male I wish, attendance I wish question. that men didn't attend and that men didn't play. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a league of their own, but with an all-female audience that you can yeah. buy tickets at the draft house. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, then... I stopped paying attention to sports, and then we got re-into sports because you're into sports. Mm-hmm. I got re-into sports because you're into sports. I mean, sports. the reason I got back into sports is because LeBron James went back to Cleveland. That's why I got back into yes. sports. Yes, but now you're into every one of them across the board. All of the sports? So much. Sometimes she watches one baseball game and then another baseball game. <laughs> it's true. On the same TV. You know what else? They're very Sometimes little. Sometimes I put one on my iPad, too. It's cool. They're very little as well. Yeah, yeah, they're because small. Because you can't even see the ball. How do you even know what's happening? What? Are... <laughs> but I've been learning a lot about baseball. Yeah. I feel like I'm very good at knowing about it now. <laughs> would you say? I, yes, I would say you're pretty good at knowing about it now. <laughs> we went to last week. Today. Yeah. Last we, week. A week ago. <laughs> today. A week ago, we went to Oakland. A place. I'd like to call it a place. We went to Oakland for a different reason, not yeah. for the Warriors. We went for the Oakland Athletics, which had Rhea throw out the first pitch. They did. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. But it was also very funny because obviously I'm a celebrity as well. Of and course. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just walked out to the mound as a wife. Yeah. Like, literally, they I were like, it. here's Rhea Butcher. She's going to throw the first pitch. These are her credits. And then here's her wife, Cameron Esposito, also a famous comedian. Yeah. And this is a very funny thing. You were thing. like my first pitch squire or something. I felt like it was very uh, normative in, like, a cute way. Because yeah, I loved it was it. also Pride. Mm-hmm. And it was Pride Night at the baseball game, which was very fun. Uh, what's Pride Night like at Dodger Stadium? Not that big of a difference. But at the A's stadium, they did hold on one single person for the entirety of Macho Man. Yeah, one dude. (laughs) Was busting loose. He got so low. Just so low. He really was a macho, macho man. Yeah, he was. So we were, we've been loving that. We've also been loving, speaking of macho, uh, machismo, we've also been watching RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes. That's what's been getting us through the last couple of months Mm -hmm. because everything else on television is some idiot being interviewed by Megyn Kelly. And (laughs) we didn't really know about Drag Race. Like, we just missed it until this season. Yeah, I mean, yeah. How are you feeling about it? I love it. Peppermint, Shea Coulee, Trinity Taylor. Trinity Taylor is my favorite. I'm really sexually attracted to her. I wish they could have, like, yeah. I didn't mean to step over that. I feel like you should tell everybody that again. I'm really sexually attracted to Trinity Taylor from this season of RuPaul's Drag Race. So Trinity, if you're out there, my wife is super into you. If you listen to this podcast, because I know you do. (laughs) It's confusing. 
confusing though because her whole thing is that she's plastic. Uh-huh. Like that's what she says. She's yeah, like, yeah. I'm all, I'm like all fillers and my butt's fake and stuff. And usually <laughs> I'm not into that, but uh-huh. I like her sassy attitude. Yeah. <laughs> you like to get all with some sass. And I like her wigs. Hello, my sass. So, um, <laughs> what else? How did you feel about making season two of Take My Wife? I feel great about it. Mm-hmm. It was great. How do you feel about it? That's, you're giving me nothing to work with. What do you mean? <laughs> you can't work with it. It was great. I feel great about it. What about you? You yeah, can't work with it? No, it's too high-pitched. I okay. couldn't even hear it. Um, um, well, I mean, it was fun. We got to make more episodes. We yes. got to... Use some new locations. We got to yes. hire more people. We got to have a you know a bigger crew, and we got to have a really diverse crew of people, which was super awesome. That's true. We got to work with a lot of women, which was super cool, and totally. a lot of dudes that were also super cool. Yes. Um, and then also the last week we had a four a.m. call time, so I got to have my lifetime's wish of working the graveyard shift. <laughs> <laughs> it's in my DNA. Yeah, it worked out. I liked it. You also, I think you're underselling one of the biggest mm. moments of this season, mm-hmm. which is that you directed an episode uh-huh. as the director of it. <laughs> yeah. I put on a baseball hat and I went, uh, uh, go. <laughs> and they were like, we don't know what well, that means. What does that mean? What? What? Say action. And action! Like, Fraction! Shit! <laughs> Three fifths! <laughs> yeah. I needed a couple takes. Um, how did did you like directing I did yeah I did it was kind of scary and frightening because uh, I like doing stand up because you get to be in control and everybody's listening to uh, listening at you listening to you <laughs> I was correct on the first try listening to you and looking at you and it's really fun um, but then when you are directing a TV show everyone goes so what do you want us to do and it's like a hundred people and you're like uh, I know. I gotta pee. Hang on. I know. You <laughs> hate that. I really hate and that. And I will say, I think I you pre- did an amazing I, job because yeah. you were also put put in kind of an impossible situation because you per like you have you have you're so creative and you're so visual. You're like you're a great photographer. You're all these things, but you hate like a whole room of people to listen to your directives as if you were a tiny general. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's also riding a boat. On a horse. I don't like it. But your wife... Wait, the boat is on the horse? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Interesting. I would have thought about it the other way, but... I thought it would look... More... That's right. <laughs> well, because if the boat's on the horse, then it can go up a mountain. <laughs> if a horse is on the boat, you're restricted to water. But if the boat's on the horse, if you ever come into water, the horse can just climb up the boat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you'll have to throw a rope and stuff. <laughs> I just Question. Follow up. I just how, wait, how does the wait. horse use the rope? <laughs> that's... that's throw the ring and then the horse the horse is like it's too big too small it's in the ring and then the horse thinks it's one a race 
I'm a winner, the horse says. Oh, boy. (laughs) Well, anyway. What I was going to say is, (laughs) the whole point of that long story Uh was that... Boat on a horse. I would really love to be that person. I know. (laughs) Yeah. I like to say what everybody should do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was great. I mean, it was a great experience because every time I was feeling unsure, you were like, wait, stand here. You were like... (laughs) (laughs) But let me ask you a follow-up. Was I right? A hundred percent. Yeah. You were a real boat on a horse, my friend. A real boat on a horse, usable in any terrain. Absolutely. I don't know how many times I've found myself wishing, wondering how much better I'd be doing if I just had a boat on a horse. The only thing you can't do is fly. That's the, like I said, 4 a.m. call the, time that's the last the, week. That's the tagline for boat on a horse. The only thing it can't do is fly. Well, well, we've ended on a bang. Oh, that one had some kick. Hey, uh, oh. you guys, we are so happy to be back. You know, we've got a, uh, well, we've got a really fun lineup tonight because there's some old friends on the lineup, and we just really haven't been seeing any humans besides each other for many moons, and so yeah. it's just a delight uh, to see all of you, and then also these comics. Um, this first this first comic, yep. in from New York, but friend Love of him. ours from Chicago. That what? place. Because people can live in multiple cities <laughs> at different times in their lives. He's hilarious, dude. <laughs> And you guys are going to love them right now. Let's hear it up. Let's hear it up. Let's hear it up. Get it going. Get it started. Give it down. For Mr. Will Miles. Let's hear it up. Come on. I've been taking Ubers a lot here. I don't, I don't, they're not, I got rid of Uber, so I got to stop saying that. I have a Lyft, right? Everybody has Lyft, but I, I still use the, the verb Uber, so now I say I've been Ubering a Lyft to places. <laughs> Sounds a little bit weird. I tried to Uber a Lyft to a place that was three blocks from where I was the other day, and a pop-up message came up that said, are you sure you don't want to walk this? <laughs> Felt kind of rude, right? <laughs> It's real fucked up. Before Uber, I used to just hop in the back of people's cars and not talk to them in there. But uh, <laughs> one, one particular example, in high school, I was at a friend's house and we were waiting to go to another friend's house. And so I walked out of that house and I hopped in the first car that I saw because my friend was like, they're right outside. And I hop in and in front of me, driving the car, was an elderly Asian couple. <laughs> and they turned around and went, ah, you know. <laughs> like you do when a stranger hops in your car. And then I was high at the time. So I started to process exactly what was going on as they were screaming, and I started cracking up. (laughs) 
So to them, all they saw was a stranger hop in their car. They go, ah! And then I go, ha, <laughs> <laughs> I like it out here. I'm out here with my girlfriend. We live together. She's a lot stronger than me, physically and mentally. Physically, she lifts me up above her head before sex and then drops me inside of her. Uh, <laughs> It's really cool. You guys should try it. That's called the Lion King position. Uh, <laughs> she also goes, ah, honey bunny. <laughs> no. Also mentally stronger, though, because she lived in London for like six months. And while she was there, she got chased down the street by somebody in a white van, which is a crazy story. And she ran to her house and had to run inside and everything. And it was a wild time. And uh, we still were able to watch a TV show that took place in London. And she just looks at it and goes, oh, I just miss London. And I was like, oh, fuck, that's, that's not me at all. <laughs> I once had three bad meals in a row in Louisville, Kentucky. And now anytime anyone brings up Louisville to me, I go, man, fuck Louisville. <laughs> Never going back to that place with the horrible chicken fingers. <laughs> I do live in New York. I ride the train a lot, which means I read a lot of strangers' text messages. Because <laughs> why not, right? I'm on the train. I got nothing to do. I'm going to just follow their life for a little bit. So one day I was doing my sweep, and I looked, and I happened to look at what this woman was uh, texting, and she was texting the contact me, which caught me off guard at first. So I was like, oh shit, who, who's she texting? Like, maybe it's a cool way to spell May, and I just don't know about it. <laughs> but then I looked, and the blue was the white, and the white was the blue. She was definitely texting herself. And then she would text herself, and then hold it out and go, oh God. <laughs> she did it over and over again. And like people started coming and try to sit next to her and I would just make eye contact with them and be like, mm, just, just keep it moving, please. Just trust, just trust. So then I had to look and do a third sweep and see what she was actually texting. And she was texting uno para mi, uno para ti. Which translates to one for you, one for me. And then it was making her laugh. <laughs> and the thing about it, it's all for her, you know? It's, a, it's only one for, it's all you. It's just going to you. <laughs> And then, like, after a while, she got off, and I sat down, and I, uh, I took out my phone to write in my notes section everything I just told you right now. And then I looked at it, and I went, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> We're all insane. <laughs> I've kind of been teetering on the edge for a while now of sanity. It's been a long time. When I was 27, I did this thing where I joined the website AshleyMadison.com. You guys heard about this? You know about Ashley Madison? <laughs> For me, I didn't know about it. A commercial came on the screen, and it said, uh, it said uh, hey, would you like to have an extramarital affair? And so I Googled it, and it turns out I did. <laughs> and so I was on there for like a year. I joined under the name Mr. Tuesday Night, because that seemed like a good idea, too. Everybody else was doing Friday night, but I was like, I'm going to clean up on Tuesday night. <laughs> I got this. And I joined it, and I was on there for a year. I was single. I was living in Chicago. I was 27. No worries. I was living my dreams. But then five years later... Ashley Madison got hacked, and I was in that hack. There was like a Netflix thing about it. It was on the news. I was in that hack. So I got an email from an unknown person, and the email just said, it started out, hey, unfortunately, we know you're on AshleyMadison.com. We have all your information, and we're going to leak it unless you pay us 10 Bitcoin. And I got scared when I read that, because I didn't know what a lot of those words meant. <laughs> So I was like, shit, I got to Google more things? All right, fine. <laughs> then I got less scared, though, because the next thing, it just said, think about what it would be like if your employer or your employees found out that you were on AshleyMadison.com. And 
this is my job. So <laughs> I was like, I'll probably tell them. I, don't <laughs> I imagine it would come up. And then it said, think about your wife and kids when they find out you're on AshleyMadison.com. And I don't have either of those, so I really wasn't worried at all. So I read the whole email and I just replied to that. I said, hey man, what's a Bitcoin? <laughs> and that was all I wrote. <laughs> I still don't know what a Bitcoin is. I refuse to find out. <laughs> but he wrote back immediately. He was like, you know what a Bitcoin is? Send the Bitcoin to this link or you're going to lose your wife, your job, and your kids. And again, I don't have any three of those things. <laughs> So I'm not really worried. So I saw that and I just replied, hey. And that was all I wrote. <laughs> just a quick hey, you know? Like I wanted him to think I meant to send more, but I know I didn't mean to send more. I just wanted to fuck with him for a little bit. So I wrote hey and just left it. And he wrote, he wrote nothing back. So I waited. I was like, I'm going to get him. So I waited like three hours and I just wrote hey one more time. I still got nothing. So then I set an alarm for the next morning at 9.30 a.m. I just rolled over. And I wrote, pulled out my phone, and I went, hey, dot, dot, dot. And he wrote back immediately, stop. <laughs> and then I saw that, and I pulled out my phone, and I went, uno para ti, uno para me. And then I laughed. All right, you guys are great. Thanks so much, Miles. Peace. Keep it going for Will, you guys. Let him hear it. I just want to tell one quick thing because I've lived in Los Angeles for five years and I used to live in Chicago before I moved here and I really miss public transportation and Will talking about it really made me reminisce backstage about some of my experiences in public transportation. I think my favorite is from around the year 2007, 2008. Can you believe it? That was a year. <laughs> that was a time that happened in this country and I was riding the elevated train in Chicago and I had an iPod video. <laughs> I'm an old man. And I had decided for the first time to put an episode of television on that iPod video, and that episode of television was an episode of The Simpsons, which featured Jim Jarmusch, who is a filmmaker from my hometown of Akron, Ohio. So I decided, oh, I'm going to watch this on the elevated train. I'm going to do what the kids do, and I'm going to watch some TV on this train. And I had, like, my work bags with me and stuff, and I just, like, held on. Like, I hooked my arm around the, the pole thing, and I got so entranced by this episode of The Simpsons that I forgot my methodology for the train balance. You know, I, like, forgot what I had to do. And the train took off, and I went like this. <laughs> like, all the way back. I bent all... One foot went up in the air... It was very, like, bullet time. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I went, huh, and caught myself and pulled myself back up, and I realized there was, like, one other human being just over my shoulder. Nobody else on the train had seen it except for her, and I looked at her, and she was like, <laughs> Close one. And then we both looked down at the bags that she had, and she had two trash bags with her. And they were full of brand new pillows. <laughs> that she had just purchased. And we both realized at the same time, oh, it wouldn't have fucking mattered anyway. <laughs> so that is one thing I do miss about Los living in Los Angeles is uh, people don't have pillows waiting for you. 
you guys ready to keep the show going? We have so many amazing comics on the show. I am stoked for this next comic. She is hilarious. She's also in town from New York. I love her so much. Keep it going for Julia Rossi, everybody! Ah, trains. I live in, I mean, I don't, I'm not even going to get into all this story. the story. The poop and the vomit and the, all the things. There's so many. I, this is... I once uh, I thought I was going to be a drug dealer like a few years ago and because um, I was like no one's going to suspect me I'm in a romper all the time and uh, <laughs> which like side note about rompers and onesies like I totally will fight for women's rights but I also feel like the fact that I'm allowed to wear this and guys can't well, I guess you can but like this is like I'm fine like if I get paid less but I get to wear one piece outfits like it's fine um, but I thought I was trying to be a drug dealer weed like not really a drug and I made a tray of pop brownies and I had them in my lap on the train and then the train paused for like I mean it was probably a minute but in my head it was hours and I started to panic and I was like well at least I have snacks and then I realized there were pop brownies and then I saw children staring at me and I'm like oh my god what if we're trapped underground and then the kids eat all the brownies and then we die and then it just and then I just gave all the brownies away because I felt like God was punishing me so that was my stint into being a drug dealer uh i did have the thought recently and if there's any app developers here um let me know if you want to work on this but i think that it would be a great dating app to pair people up based on drug use like wouldn't that be like a cool thing like you know it's like oh you do coke i do ayahuasca no you know what i mean but like 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 you smoke tons of weed and like i smoke tons of weed each of our half stories will make a story cool you know like that's love right I just think it would be a great right because it's a huge thing that you want to share with your partner like for example I used to date a guy who did steroids right and um, the kind of person he should date is uh, no one and um, (laughs) no one should it's very frightening I'm sure there's people in LA who do steroids because I mean he was first of all I don't really like a hard body I feel like trying to snuggle with a hard body is like snuggling with like a chair you're just like it's not (laughs) comfortable and uh, he didn't say that he was on steroids but I started to suspect it because he got very muscular overnight and he had acne on his back and his penis wasn't working and then I found needles in the garbage and I was like are you on steroids and he was like no and I'm like oh works for me I don't want to be alone <laughs> and uh and I stayed with him for four years but I it was fine because I used to be able to like talk to his mom about it because uh, we lived with her <laughs> so that was good time in my life um I took him to yoga to try to help him relax. And if you've ever seen someone do steroids, uh, then go to yoga. It is very unsettling. The teacher would be like, take a deep breath. And he's like, ah! Just rip a yoga mat in half. So it's very, but uh, <laughs> I'm in a good relationship now. One complaint, my boyfriend, very bad at cutting his toenails. I don't understand. I don't know what, he's like Edward Scissorfeet. It's very... All of our spooning has turned into knifing, and I'm just like, this is why I march. You know, it's just a lot of pain. Thank you for laughing at that, sir. Um, 
I did recently, uh, I got off Facebook um, partially because of like politics stuff. It was too much for me. I still have a fan page, so you can still like me. Please, 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 please. And I, uh, please like me. And I, uh, part of, I left for a lot of reasons. The political stuff was annoying. Mostly I left because I did not want to be at a never-ending high school reunion. I couldn't handle it anymore. I was like, where are the exits? You know, like I didn't want to see everything. And specifically, this one person who friended me, he was the guy that when I was 15, I gave him my first hand job during the movie Mighty Ducks 2 and um, which I would refer to to my friends as Mighty Dicks 2 because I've always been a comedian and uh, and I, I truly don't know what it was about a film about young boys playing hockey that gave him a boner but I uh, all I know is he he <laughs> He had a boner. And, uh, and if anyone here who doesn't have a penis, I don't know if you remember the first time that you saw a penis, but like, whoa, right? Like, it was like pretty magical. I mean, I, I, I don't think that boners get the like all that they deserve, but it is crazy that it's like soft and then it's hard and then it's where to go. You know, like it's just, it's, I think it's cool. And I was like, this is what is, you know? And I especially, side note, I fucking love a grower, not a shower. If anyone here has a small penis on the reg, but then it fucking gets huge when you, like, wow. Like that is, that is like, it's one of those, you know those little capsules that you put in water and then a sponge dinosaur? Get like a rainbow sponge dinosaur. Your dick is a dinosaur. And that is, don't let anyone make fun of you. But so, so anyway, so he takes out his penis and I didn't know what to do. I was 15. I'd never seen one of these things before. So I just like, you know, start kind of slapping it around and uh, guys, guys like that. And, uh, and you know, things happen. Things, stuff came out and I was like, yay. And, uh. And then I thought, you know, oh, we're going to prom. <laughs> you don't just, right? You don't just show a girl your penis and then never talk to her again. And uh, and then sometimes that does happen. Um, it was really sad, too, because I was, like, so certain he was going to ask me to prom. I even, like, shaved my face. And then I... <laughs> And then I, I actually ended up burning my whole face. And, uh, and, you know, it's like I got rid of the mustache and half my face. And my dad, very sweet, he was like, I don't understand. If you don't have a date, why are you shaving your face in the first place? And I was like, thank you so much. Um, thank you. But anyways, he friended me. And then he was like trying to like talk to me and like he like offered me like a bullshit real estate copywriting job he asked me to write like dirty slogans for his real estate company and I did it and I wrote things like um we're like we're good in the cul-de-sac and uh we'll make your building rise and uh broker I don't even know her and like it was he said he was making t-shirts or something and I believed him and then he never paid me and I had to like hound him for my money and he has a wife and kids let me just side note that anyways long story very long we he ends up calling me and he admits basically that he actually never had a job for me he just wanted to reconnect and see me again so he was going to try to cheat on his wife with me okay now normally i would have been flattered right like that was a teenage me would have loved this but like as an adult like go fuck yourself okay like here's a tip if you're going to try to cheat on your wife don't do it with someone who talks into a microphone because i will ruin you okay <laughs> This is being recorded for a podcast, and I don't know the law, but I will say that if anyone wants to look up real estate developers <laughs> that live in <laughs> graduated <laughs> class in 1996, go for it, okay? <laughs> I didn't say his name, all right? Look it up. But, so I'm like horrified and disgusted, and I'm mad because I wanted my money, but I will say that part of me does feel kind of good because, like, I gave this guy a hand job 20 years ago, right? <laughs> 
He's still thinking about it. So I feel like I kind of won. Okay, thank you. Let's hear it for Julia, you guys. Oh. I'm actually, I'm still thinking about hand jobs I gave 20 years ago. But I think for really different reasons. Why did I do that? <laughs> Societal expectations, that's why. Awful. Never know. Hello, how are you doing? How are you doing today? No, you. Yeah. Yeah? What did you do today? I work from home. Work from home. What do you, what do, you do for a living? I'm a medical writer. Wow. You're a medical writer? What do you write about? Um... Uh-huh, yeah, that's what I was going to guess. <laughs> Which kinds? What were you supposed to write about today? Uh, today was um, phenylketonuria. What? Yep, that's exactly what no, I No, wait, what was it, though? Phenylketonuria, PKU. Nope, still don't know any of the words. <laughs> I don't know any of the words. I literally don't know any of the words you just said. <laughs> was the first word fetal? Phenol. Phenol. Yes. Like. Like phenol out. That you put in sausage if you're Italian. What is it? <laughs> is it have to do with the kidneys? But you said renal wrong. <laughs> phenol. Getting warmer. What does that mean? It's uh, so if you read the back of a diet anything. I'm sure I don't. Yeah. <laughs> if I read the back of a diet anything. Uh, anything. Any product, it tells you this might be dangerous for people with phenylketonuria because it's like. It does? Yes. What's the next word? It's one word. <laughs> okay, the second part of it is it, are you saying cuteinuria? You know what? I was about to guess that right at the end. Because I heard, I finally heard the uri urea. And I was like, that's pee. <laughs> when you have ketones in your urine? Yeah, but that's like a really long Do story. You, I don't mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess the follow-up question is, what are ketones in your <laughs> Is it like a cop and he twirls his... Is it a type of cheap beer? <laughs> Ketone light. <laughs> We're a hell of a duo. <laughs> um, so you have all those ketones in there. Terrible news. You gotta get them out of there and put them back in your... opposite end of the system. You can't go from the 
Yeah. No, I... <laughs> I know that... What if I thought that you could reabsorb your urine? But they come from a place that is called the... What is that object that is a... What, it, what is in your pee? The ketones? Yes, what is that? It's a metabolite. <laughs> you thought you weren't going to have to work today. Does that mean it helps you metabolize things? Oh man, we're getting so much further away from <laughs> How could that be further away from what a metabolite is? Oh. <laughs> Where is it in your body before it's in your pee? The problem, it's in your food. The problem is your food. The, it's in my food! It's not the ketone, it's the phenylalanine. That's the whole problem. There's all this phenylalanine in my food, it's getting the ketones and it's shoving them out my pee. <laughs> what I'm realizing, you can't even metabolize anything. Where do you put the information that you're writing about? On the um, internet? In a book? Yeah, all, all of the above. Pamphlets at your doctor's office. I write websites. Uh, scary commercials. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> what did you say while you were monkeying around and working from home? What did you do instead of that? Oh man, my boss is so going to hear this. No, <laughs> no, you're unintelligible. You're lightly mic'd, but I will alter your voice if you need me to. <laughs> or we'll pixelate your face on the podcast. What did you really do? I was packing for a Burning Man pre-party. Well, now I know what ketones are, am I right? (laughs) Fucking trippy shit, right? Fire and stuff? (laughs) For a Burning Man pre-party? Pre-compression. What is it? Compression? Pre-compression. Uh, I think you're deliberately doing this. When is Burning Man? It's August. Late August or September. Gotta get, gotta pack today. How could you walk there if you don't pack today? That's cool. So you're a burner? I can't say that. I can say it. (laughs) But you are a little bit. Do you have any tiny hats? No, I didn't know that was a part of the deal. It is? (laughs) No, I'm not a burner, but I used to be in the circus. I saw you. I used to go to that circus. You used to go to that circus? I used to go to that circus. Mm-hmm. My, a lot of my friends that were in that circus were used to take classes, were burners, and what I knew about them was that one time we stayed at one of their friends' houses that they knew from Burning Man, it was in Boulder, Colorado, and when we got there, 
the people that were hosting us at this house were like, oh, so great to see you, but you're like catching us right in the middle of work. And we were like, what is your job? And they're like, we make tiny hats for Burning Man and we're drying these crystals in the sun. These are our hairless cats. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, well, anyway, you're a delight. Let's hear it for this person. And let's continue with our show, shall we? You know what? I'm so glad. This, this friend is uh, terrific, and I just was really happy to see him today. I haven't seen him in a long time. You're gonna, he's going to kill your faces. You're, you're going to laugh. Let's hear it for Dave Ross! Oh, man. Thank you. Um, well, this is going to be an interesting time for me, uh, because following Julia Rossi is already hard, you know, she's real funny. Um, but now I had to follow the most interesting person alive. (laughs) Holy shit. Medical writer who is getting ready for Burning Man today. I would watch a TV show countless episodes, countless seasons of you just explaining medicine to a comedian one at a time. <laughs> uh, what? They're like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, man. That was wonderful. Um, that was just delightful. Um, I, uh... All, all right. <laughs> uh, enough, Okay. Let's do it. I came here to do a thing. I'm going to do that now. I don't know if you guys have seen stand-up comedy before, but I'm going to do that. So we might as well fucking get started. Uh, (laughs) All right, buckle up. Um, (laughs) It's going to suck, okay? Uh, (laughs) All right, so... um, Uh, No matter how you feel about Donald Trump, I think that we can all agree that he is hot. (laughs) Uh, God, I want to fuck him, you know what I mean? (laughs) Give me that flat butt, more flat butt. Uh. Oh, fuck that dude all day. You guys get it. You can't see on the podcast, but I just high-fived everybody. (laughs) Um, uh, I... um, I'm not going to talk about Trump for too long because I would like us all to remain happy, but uh, his administration blows me away in so many ways. Uh, One of them is that who are these people? Where do they come from? Um, There are numerous people in Trump's administration who think that gay people should not be allowed to be teachers. (laughs) And my question is, How is your homophobia that specific? (laughs) How do you get that detailed with your hate? Well, I think Mexicans shouldn't be allowed to watch The Lion King. (laughs) I mean, I mean, I know, I guess I know where it comes from. It's ignorance. It's people are like, well, if the teacher's gay, then he's going to teach him gay. Which, like, what does that mean, and why is it bad? You know, so many things. But my favorite thing about it is, if you really think a a gay teacher is going to teach him gay, that means you also think 
that a straight teacher is going to teach him straight? And man, if that were true. Yeah, what's up, class? Welcome to first grade. Everybody get your butts in seats. All right, today we're going to be doing phonics. I'm going to teach you to say the words, hell yeah, high five tits and crush pussy. (laughs) After that, I'm going to teach you how to drive a truck. Then I'm going to teach you how to throw a spiral. Then we're going to break up into groups and turn crude oil into gasoline. Fuck yeah, straight. Straight first grade, bro. High five. (laughs) I was talking to my friend about what I just said to you (laughs) just then. And we realized in the middle of talking about it that straight first grade sounds uh, real fun. It's just the implications uh, that are bad. Um, uh, <laughs> I, um, I've been numbing my brain with the Food Network uh, this year. I've been watching a lot of cooking shows on the Food Network. And uh, I love them. They're, it's great. It's just great, except every show on the Food Network can't just be a cooking show. They're all fucked up in some way. They're all, they're all nuts. Like, tonight on Cooking Fight. Why? Yeah, these cooks hate each other. Why? Uh, there, there are these shows. It's about how the cooks suck. Like, oh yeah, tonight uh, two of our chefs we found in a dumpster, and uh, the third guy has no hands. Let's see. And there's the ones with, like, a time limit and shit. And he's like, all right, tonight we got four of the best chefs in the world, and they all have 30 seconds to make a funnel cake using only a Bunsen burner and an avocado. <laughs> and then they're all like, ah! What do we do? I got an idea for a cooking show. It's called Really Good Cooks Have Plenty of Time. <laughs> Thank you. Actually, the full name of the show is Really Good Cooks Have Plenty of Time and No One Judges Them Because Taste is Subjective. (laughs) And then there's, like, there's ones that are just full-on, like, needlessly aggressive. There's one show called Baker or Faker. (laughs) It's already mad. You're Baker or Faker. You're fake. (laughs) Tonight on Chef or Dickhead. What does it say about me that I like a cooking show more uh, if someone is a loser? <laughs> I just like watch two of the best chefs in the world. And look, the cooking food is incredible. No one knows how to do it. Not a single person on earth. Uh, I've tried. I like follow a whole recipe. And then at the end, it's always just a piece of toast every time. <laughs> And look, I like toast, so I'm not unhappy. I'm just like, it's not possible. And so I watch two of the best chefs in the world do something incredible that I could never do, and then one of them loses, and I'm like, yeah, that guy's trash. Fuck him. <laughs> Asshole. We're not that far from everything on TV being a fucking <laughs> competition. Like, tonight on Sex Battle. Uh... Mike and Amanda are both going to fuck Steve. (laughs) And they both have 30 seconds to make him come using only a Bunsen burner and an avocado. (laughs) Yes, yes, thank you. That was a callback. Um, 
called it back. Um, man, it's really, it's a good thing we got going when we did. <laughs> uh, man, there is one show, one show and one show only on the Food Network that is not like that. Uh, and that show is called Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Yeah. Some of you, a few of you whooped. Many of the rest of you are skeptical. Um, and I get it, man. I refused to watch that show for over a decade because that guy looks like that. It's not my fault. He looks like a juggalo's dad, that guy. I really thought the show was going to be him running to restaurants going like, you ever have cheese in your pussy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, But it's not. You should watch it. It's positive. Here's what happens in diners, drive-ins, and dives. Guy Fieri walks into a restaurant. He walks into the chef. Chef makes him food. He says, this is good food. And then the chef says, right? And that's the whole show. It's amazing. <laughs> I love Guy Fieri. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Uh, diners drive in and dive. That show has such a high production value. He shoots a new opening for every single episode from his fucking convertible. <laughs> and they're like driving. Now you're like, I can just imagine the DP like, God damn it. <laughs> it's for 10 seconds. And he's like, I'm here in Omaha. I'm going to eat some French fries. Every time. But they got to shoot a new one, and he's got to drive by. And the DP's like, my kid's going to go to college for this. <sighs> he turns red every episode. It's hot back there. And he tastes everything with his goddamn thumb. Fucking everything. Everything he touches, he's like, oh, this is, it's a sandwich. He goes, uh, Anyways, <laughs> but I do love the show. <laughs> I know it very, and I'm like, no, some of it, but I really, it helps me unwind. <clears throat> I feel good about it. I can't eat any of the food in it. It's all just animal, 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 but I'm like, I, I get it. I understand. Okay, you guys want to keep the show going? I'm super stoked. We continue to have amazing comics. We got two more for you, and they're both fantastic. This next comic is one of my favorites in Los Angeles. Please keep it going for Paige Weldon right now. Hey, guys. How are you? I, as uh, we discussed, am, uh, I am Paige. Hi. Uh, I wear glasses. Yep. I have to. And sometimes if I take off my glasses and someone's there, they'll say this to me. They'll say, oh my gosh, Paige, you look so much better without your glasses. <laughs> Which I maintain is not a compliment. That's not a compliment. I have to wear these every day. You know, like you wouldn't go up to someone in a wheelchair and be like... Oh my God, weren't you so much taller the last time I saw you? You should get crutches. You'd be way hotter. <laughs> you would not say that. 
I acknowledge, though, that I can be a little too sensitive sometimes. I know I can be too sensitive because a stranger came up to me on the street the other day and asked me if I knew which direction to the local Whole Foods. And my reaction to that question was, are you making fun of me? (laughs) It's a little too sensitive. (laughs) I do know, though, that uh, I am... Pretty cute. Thank you so much. Um, (laughs) You don't have to agree. I know I'm cute because I have never had to buy my own drugs. (laughs) This hasn't really come up, you know? Pretty much any time I realize I'm running low on weed, all I have to do is go out and get into a serious relationship. (laughs) It's not so hard. I am uh, getting pretty worried about the Trump presidency, you know, just as a fan of unprotected sex. (laughs) It's going to be a rough few years, you know? (laughs) Like, what if guys don't want to do it anymore? (laughs) 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 Just kidding. (laughs) I think it'll be just like you imagine. I don't know if we should. (laughs) Kills me. Um... (laughs) It is uh, hard to meet a nice man these days, huh? It's hard. I think the main problem I have is I can't tell the difference between flirting and good customer service. It's confusing, (laughs) you know? I keep telling my friends, I met this great guy. They're like, where'd you meet him? I'm like, Office Depot, why does it matter? (laughs) They want to know what happened. I have to tell them, okay, well, I was just standing in an aisle And this guy came up to me out of nowhere, okay? (laughs) And he just asked me if I needed anything. (laughs) He's already the best boyfriend I've ever had. (laughs) He's great. I've had a few girlfriends tell me recently about first Tinder dates they've gone on where guys are making this joke. They're saying, hey, promise I'm not going to murder you. That's sweet, right? It's kind of the, you know, the new flowers, I think. I feel like a guy telling you he's not going to murder you is not too far off from, like, guys who won't stop talking about how nice they are, you know? I was like, you're not nice, and you're going to murder me. That's what's going to happen. If I went on a date with a guy and he said, I promise I'm not going to murder you, I would say, don't assume you know what I want. truly wish you would. (laughs) Do it! That's what I would say. (laughs) When I uh, hook up with a man, I I prefer to do it at his house. That's my preference, you know. Don't come over to my place and ruin my room for me. That's not (laughs) what I'm interested in. But I run into this problem sometimes if I sleep over at a guy's house and he leaves in the morning before me. I can never figure out the etiquette for making that man's bed. Right? There's, like, no solution. Because if you don't do anything at all, that feels rude. But if you fully make a man's bed, you look insane. He'll come home later like, this got serious fast. I was not ready. (laughs) I also run into this problem. I have never been in a man's bathroom in my life that has a clear hand towel. Ever. (laughs) There's always, like, six different varieties of distinctly not hand towels. 
There's always one that's like fully drenched for some reason. <laughs> Just on the counter. Sometimes there's like a medium-sized towel and you're like, that could be a hand towel. Or it could just be the bath towel of a female roommate. We don't know. I think it's really treacherous because I don't think there's anything more unsettling in the world than a towel you don't know the history of. (laughs) There's just nothing worse. Do you guys um, like to party? Or... Okay, no? All right. I actually... I don't think there are men who like to party. I think there are women who like to party and men who are alcoholics. Um, That's just what I think. Because I've never met a guy who said, I love to party, who didn't also ruin every party. You know? I think I love to party is just another one of those cute things men say that doesn't really mean that, you know? It's kind of like how I love adventure just means I have bad credit. Or, you know, like how did you come means I came. I'm sorry. (laughs) Or, of course, we all know come over means I can't open this jar. Can you help me? (laughs) I know you guys are thinking, Paige, please don't leave without telling us your ultimate sexual fantasy. (laughs) You were thinking that. You were. Okay. All right. I'll tell you mine. Uh, My ultimate sexual fantasy above all else is just uh, just regular style sex, no big deal. And then right when the guy comes, he whispers in my ear, I respect you. <laughs> and you work so hard. <laughs> and then I come three more times and achieve all my dreams with the support of a good man. <laughs> oh, but that's just me, I'm a freak. You guys have a good night. She was so good. Oh, you guys, we just have one comic left. It's amazing. How are you doing? You have a Dodger hat on? Are you a big sports head? Like, like so such fair skin because it is both night and a low lit theater environment. I mean, I'm. I'm fucking sold. <laughs> LA man, that sounds brutal. You can't escape it at night inside. Don't you think you can? You better put your UV protecting long sleeves on, your full mask, one of those visors that looks like a shield. Do you know what is stupid? And I'm not gonna blow past this in this show, our first show back. Rhea, do you know what's fucking stupid? We can talk about this next week. We didn't say one goddamn word. What am I going to say? We didn't say anything about Wonder Woman. We didn't say anything about Wonder Woman. That was the stupidest thing we've ever done. Next week. Yeah, absolutely. Next week will be all Wonder Woman all the time. Uh Uh-huh. I do want to say that one thing that's weird about you all loving Wonder Woman so much is like, <laughs> did you just realize lesbians were cool? 
I've been telling you! I've been telling you. What's my favorite movie? The four minute training montage on that island. That's my favorite movie. That movie then just goes right into San Junipero. That's my favorite movie. Yep. Yeah, because what's going to happen when all those warriors die? Their consciousness will be downloaded into an environment. (laughs) I am as mad at you. Don't take a fucking... Are you walking around the bases? That's not how you play baseball. (laughs) What's the difference between download and upload? What's the difference, Rhea? What's the difference? One comes in and the other one goes away? Because if you download some ketones into your pee, that would be something you can do, but you can't upload ketones from pee. (laughs) I'm always going to keep learning, you guys. This next friend, well, he writes for uh, The Late Show with James Corden. He's a wonderful fellow, and he just got back from the UK where, where he was with that show, and so it's like so nice to have him back here in the United States. Oh, two weeks away, too long. Let's hear it right now for Ian Carmel. Hello. Oh, man. I'm the wrong guy to come out after Wonder Woman talk. I am the opposite of Wonder Woman. I'm like, oh, oh, man. That would be me. Oh, okay, oh, okay. He's, he's, he's making it work. Man. <laughs> I was in the UK. I was. I was over in England for two weeks. And they, I'll tell you, they have amazing museums over there. They do. They really, I was in London. I was walking around the museums. And I was enjoying myself. And I was looking at the Rosetta Stone. And I was like, wow, how do they have... Oh, they stole everything. They stole everything. <laughs> they stole everything in this museum. And then you walk around, and there's like one British thing. It's like a sword. And you're like, all right, cool, that you used to steal everything else? Good for you. <laughs> Fucking England. England fucked me up. I met a dog named Colin. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't name dogs Colin. That is an adult man's name. Colin Firth could be named Colin. Look at him, he's Colin Firth. But a dog named Colin? I hate when people name dogs grown up names. There's nothing, like if you meet a dog name, like like, this is my dog, Stephanie? No, it's not, no. (laughs) Isn't that like a weird fuck up when you meet a dog? Like what kind of person does that? 
I came up with a fun game while I was in London. Do you guys want to play it? All right, the object of the game is to say Dame Judy Dench as many times as you can, <laughs> as fast as you can. Does anyone here think they can do it? I need one volunteer. All right, come here. What's, what's, your, name? what's your name? Gus. Gus? Yeah. I'm terrible with the microphone thing. I'm so bad at it. Uh, all right, Gus. So the challenge is you just say Dame Judy Dench, Dame Judy Dench, Dame Judy Dench as many times as you can. All right? All right. And we're all rooting for you. Oh, all right. Dame Judy Dench, Dame Judy Dench, Dame Judy Dench. Oh, you, yeah. you blew it! You got to two! That's the whole thing. That's it. Give it up for Gus. Nobody can really, like, five is what most if the, if the brilliant people can get to five. Orators, you know? But the secret is to sing it to the song Carol of the Bells. Then you can do it all goddamn day. Dame Judy Dench, 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 Dame Judy 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 Dame Judy Dench, Dame Judy Dench, and Helen Mirren. That's how you. It's easy. It's easy. That's why you visit England to learn things about yourself. They will uh, give you shit about our government, though, now. We had, it, we had it pretty sweet for a few years <laughs> under the old Barry Obama administration. <laughs> and then, uh, and then uh, now they're pissed at us again. And I've figured out, I've traveled enough now that I've figured out how to uh, America-proof yourself from, from, from uh, criticism from foreigners while you're on their soil, is you just have to learn about all the atrocities and weird stuff they've done <laughs> And then you bring that up. So for example, I was in England and they were like, oh, you, President Trump is a, he's a, he's a fool. You know, they're getting pretty mean. <laughs> and we're getting pretty mean. And I'm like, I know he's a fool, but what about you, England? I looked into your past and it turns out that you guys don't have any wolves on your entire island. <laughs> Care to explain that? You guys used to have wolves. Your nursery rhymes, chock full of wolves. You couldn't move for wolves, and then something happened, and now you don't have wolves. There's zero wolves here. You want to see a wolf, you got to go to a zoo. You got zoo wolves, but that's not a real wolf. What the fuck happened to your wolves, you know? You want to come at me about the red, white, and blue when you're standing here acting like you got wolves when I know for a fact there's not a fucking single wolf in this entire country? Zero wolves, one whole island, no wolves back in the States. We got fucking wolves all day. We got too many wolves. In fact, you got to shoot them from a helicopter. Well, you don't have to, and you shouldn't. It's cruel, but you can. Get a fucking wolf. You know, I didn't vote for him, but he's my president. No, I'm saying... Well, listen, the whole deal with stand-up comedy is you're supposed to go out on a big joke, right? That's the social contract we've all agreed to. <laughs> and I'm the last comedian on the show, so it seems extra important that I do something along those lines. Go out on a big joke. Not tonight. <laughs> not me, not tonight. Instead, it's just kind of, it's going to kind of end weird. 
You know, and that can be fine too. Weird can be good. It's not as good as good, but it can be, but it can be more memorable, right? Weird can be more memorable. Like, what if at the end of the movie, The Lion King, right? Simba just turned and stared right down the camera and was like, fuck me, daddy. And then the movie was over. Exact same movie up until that point. And then just grown-up Simba, voiced by Matthew Broderick, right down the camera. Fuck me, daddy. Is that a better movie? It's not a better movie. Would you think about it more often? You would think about The Lion King maybe once a day. Maybe once a day. You'd be lying in bed, going over your day, drifting off to sleep like, you did it, you had a good day. You, know? you, went, you went to the gym and you, you, stayed away from, you stayed away from bad sugars and that was good. That was good that you did that. Why does Simba say, fuck me, Dad? <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's not going to end on a big joke. It's just going to kind of end, and it's going to be weird like that. Give it up for Ian! Carmel, everybody! In fact, that is our show. Why don't you that give it up for everybody you saw tonight? Paige and Julia, Will, Dave, Ian! That's Rhea Butcher. That's Cameron Esposito. We'll see you next week. Put Wonder your Woman. Hands together. Put your 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 hands together. Get ready to laugh with your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap with your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh. Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.